Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. And uh, who's ready for the word this morning? Yes, open up your Bibles with me today to Psalm chapter 23. We started there last week. We're going to go there again. And as you're turning, I want to invite you, if you are new here, or maybe you've been here a long time, but you've never been through Legacy Track, I would love to invite you to be a part of Legacy Track. It's going to be on August the 22nd. And Legacy Track for us, it is a time where you can ask questions. It's a time where we will be going through our beliefs, our core values. Um, we will be going through um, the way we do our business structures. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how um, our leadership flows and all those things. So we'll be, it's just a time where you t- for you to learn more about Legacy Church. And it's a time also you for you to connect with people. All of our volunteers go through Legacy Track. It's just a way that they can learn more about the church. So if you're interested in serving, we would love to have you. We always need more people, especially as we're doing three services and have people from the parking lot till you leave the door. It takes a lot of people. And so we just, uh, we would love to have you helping us make church happen every Sunday morning. So if you're interested in being part of Legacy Church, or maybe you just wanna, maybe you just got some questions. Uh, Sarah and I will be there and our, our staff and some leaders will be there to talk about different ministries you can be a part of. So we would love for you um, to sign up for uh, August the 22nd. That's on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. As I said, it's live right now on our app. And tomorrow it'll be on all of our social media platforms. You can go there and you can register. So we'd love to have you as part of the family. We'd love to have you there just to learn more about Legacy Church if you're interested. So that uh, I extend that invitation to you. Just go online and let us know that you're coming. Psalm chapter 23 this morning, we started last week talking about the Lord is my shepherd. And whenever we say that the Lord is my shepherd, it is really a way of you saying, God, I give you control. We talked about losing control and the importance of that. I've heard testimonies this week of people who lost control, who put something in the hands of the Lord, and the Lord answered their prayers this week. Amen? And I hope next week we're going to have some, uh, at least one of those um, testimonies on tape uh, uh, video that we'll be able to watch next week. But God just really opened up some doors for some people who, who just lost control, who said, I can't do it alone. This is, uh, I I need you, Lord. So uh, I I hope you'll be here next week to hear that. But I've already heard testimonies I've said of of people just saying that the Lord is my shepherd. And that is, that's a way of you saying, God, you are leading me. This is, this isn't me. I can't do this without you. And this uh, Psalm here starts with that. It says that the Lord is my shepherd. It says, I shall not want. Verse two says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
This is without a doubt one of the most quoted and probably memorized psalms in scripture today. It's not only one of the most quoted psalms, but it is often one of those psalms that when you hear it, sometimes you think about a funeral because a lot of times this is read at funerals and there's nothing wrong with reading this at a funeral, but really this is not a psalm of death, but but I, I see it and I hope you see it today as a psalm of life. It's life-giving and it's words. And today we're going to be discussing this verse number two in this passage that says that he makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. This verse is a verse that we're going to talk about today that is the principle of rest. It's the principle of rest. And resting is so important for the body of God. And if you have your word or just taking notes, turn with me or jot down Exodus chapter 20, because here we see the Ten Commandments that God gives Moses when he's on the mount, and they're written upon the tablets. And as I was studying this passage and studying for today, I was reading these because it is a one of the commands specifically tells God's people to rest on the Sabbath. And uh, uh, the, there it starts in verse 8, that passage does, that says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days, six days you shall labor and do all of your work. Do all of your work. Today, I believe the scripture would say, do all of your emails in six days. Do all of your social media in six days. Get your new clients in six days. Worry about your customers in six days. Six days do all of your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall, do, you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or your daughters, nor your male or your female servants, nor your animals. I, said, I, th I think he's talking about children there. Nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is within them. He did that all in six days, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now, I want you to understand this, that although this is a command, we were not saved by commandments. Amen. Commandments are for us to follow, but we were not saved by the commands, but we were actually saved by the grace of God. Amen. Can anyone testify? You've been saved by the grace of God when God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and he shed his blood for you. It was so that you could experience his grace. And although... We were not saved by these commands. We can, uh, there, there is something about these that if we keep his commandments, we shall be blessed, the word says. And also on the other side, if we keep his commandments, there is blessings. But if we do not 
uh, obey them, there, uh, there are consequences to not keeping his commands. And as I was reading these Ten Commandments today, I really, or throughout the week studying, I realized that a lot of Christians believe these Ten Commandments. And when I say this, I'm speaking to the church today. I'm talking to us Christians, to the church today, that, that, that while we read these commands and and we say that they are real and that we should be upholding them, it seems like to a lot of Christians, people who know Christ, that a lot of times there should only be nine commandments that the one that I read today really, really is hard for us to keep or it's hard for us to really understand and it's hard for us to, to keep in our schedule because one, we agree that there should be no other gods before him. Amen. And number two, we, we we believe that we should not have idols. And number three, we believe that we should not take the name of the Lord in vain. But number four, it's like we need to skip that one or something. But five, yes, we agree that honoring mother and father, and we agree that you should not lie, you should not steal, murder, commit adultery, and you should not covet uh, things that you're of your neighbor. We agree with all of those things. So why do we feel that number four doesn't really make it to the modern day list? And to clean the, and just to clean clear the air. Whenever I'm talking about resting, I want to be sure to make this real clear that there is a difference in resting and being lazy. Can someone say amen? There is a difference in spiritually rest and just being spiritually lazy because God doesn't bless the lazy. It's in his word. But, but, but I want you to understand that there are reasons God said to rest. There are reasons that God has created green pastures and still waters for us. He makes me to lie down in green pastures is actually preceded by the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd, the one that I have given control to is telling me to rest. So if you understand this, whenever you give God control, he could actually give you rest. How many of you at late at night, you are lying, you are laying in bed and your mind is going a million places. It is going, what I've got to do tomorrow. It's going, who's mad at me? What's going on in this relationship? And your mind is going crazy. But whenever you can give control of your mind, you will find that your mind can rest. The same as with your body. Whenever we understand that the Lord is my shepherd and we are giving him control, he rewards us with rest. And, the, and the, 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 this resting concept, the principle of the Sabbath, it really says that my shepherd makes places for me to rest. It's his desire for me to rest. His desire for me is not to be a slave and be working around the clock, but his desire for me is to have moments of rest. And one thing I want you to to understand about this rest and, and the principle of the Sabbath is that it gives God the opportunity to provide for you supernaturally. Whenever you understand and you get the principle of Sabbath in your life, God provides for you supernaturally. In Exodus chapter 16, I'll, I'll read just a moment from verse 24, but here are the Israelites and they've been wandering through the wilderness 
And as they have been wandering, every day God has come in covenant with his people. And on Monday, he would rain fresh manna from heaven. And it was just enough for Monday. But the thing about it is, if they tried, if they tried to store some up for tomorrow, it would, it would ruin. It would not be good. So here we are in this verse 24, chapter 16. It says, so they laid it up till morning and Moses commanded and it did not stink, nor were there any worms in it. For Moses said, eat that today for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today on the Sabbath, you will not find it. Or in other words, he will not provide for it. But on the day before the Sabbath, he, it, it opened up a window for him to do something super supernatural. It was a double portion moment because they understood that rest was on the way. And it says six days you shall gather it. But on the seventh, the Sabbath, there will be none. He said, I'm not blessing that. If you're out there doing what you're not supposed to be doing, I will not bless it. I will not put my name on it. I will not have food for you to eat. And Moses is here and he's telling the Israelites here, he's saying, get ready, get everything ready, get everything ready. You've got six days to get your calendar in order. You've got six days to get to your appointment. You've got six days for your new clients. You've got six days to answer emails. You've got six days to update social media. You've got six days to get all of your priorities in order. You've got six days uh, to, to run errands. You've got, you've got six days to get your food together because on the seventh, God desires rest for his people in such a way that he will not even allow blessings to happen, that he will not allow people who are outside of rest to bless that. And in verse 27, we continue to read, it says, now it happened that some of the people went out on the seventh day together, but they found nothing. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord has given you, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day bread for two days. Let every man remain in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The Sabbath, whenever you study the Sabbath, the Sabbath is literally translated into a time of rest, a day of rest. And in verse 29, the Lord says, the, or the word says, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. The Lord has given you a time of rest. Every week, it is God's desire for you to rest. The Lord created that day, the Sabbath, with you in mind. Why? Because the word said, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He created me. Even in my mother's womb, while he was creating a pastor, while he was creating you a worshiper, while he was giving you purpose, while he was creating you, while he had the numbers of the hair numbered on your head, all of those things, whenever he was doing those things in your mother's womb, guess what? He was also creating you for a time of rest because he knew that you could not make it without it. Understand that in Deuteronomy chapter five, you don't have to turn there, but just jot it down. Moses is there again and he's talking about the 
Ten Commandments. But now Moses says, you should keep the Sabbath. Why? Because you don't need to work on it because you used to be slaves, but you're not a slave anymore. He says, now that you are free, this is symbolic to everyone around you that you are no longer a slave. Why should the church, it says, do not forsake the gathering together. Why? Because it is symbolic. It says to the world, guess what? I'm no longer a slave to my sin. I'm no longer a slave to my past, but I have been set free. Amen. I am a new creation. I am a new creature. So at least one day a week, I'm going to get together and do nothing just to give him some glory, just to give him some, some praise because he has freed me. We are the children of God. Amen. We are not bound by the things of this world. So God said, can just one day a week, can you just stop and give me some praise? He was saying to Israel, you've been slaves, but I have redeemed you. Here is a day to rest and remember my goodness. I want you to understand this today, that although we no longer have slavery in the United States of America, but guess what? Throughout the week, guess what? We operate like slaves. Why? Because we are slaves to our jobs. We are slaves to the lender if you are in debt. We are like slaves to our calendar. We are like slaves to commitments. We are like slaves to appointments. We are like slaves to, to sports. We are like slaves to, to, we're on this travel team and that travel team. And all of a sudden, we those things start owning us. But he says, one day a week, I don't want you to be bound by those things. And he says, whenever you learn this Sabbath principle, I will provide for you. It will open up a window that you've never seen. It will open up an opportunity for me to pour out my spirit and my blessings whenever you learn how to work and whenever you learn how to rest. But when you learn how to Sabbath, you are opening up, you are opening up a door of supernatural provision. Wow. When you rest, when you rest, not only does it open up blessings, but it does the obvious. It gives you a moment to be refreshed. In Exodus chapter 31, therefore, uh, in, in uh, excuse me, uh, verse 16 in chapter 31, it says, therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. He says, your rest is so important to me that when people look at you and see you resting, unlike the rest of the slaves in this world, it will be to them, they will, they will know that you are in covenant with me. He says, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in the six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, listen, he, the Lord, rested and was refreshed. He, God, was refreshed. How? Wait. Why does God need to be refreshed? He's God. The word says he doesn't sleep, he doesn't slumber. In the middle of the night, I can call out his name and he's awake and he can hear me. Why would God need to be refreshed? Second question, how do you refresh God? 
How does God get refreshed? Does he go by Starbucks and get a refresher? I mean, what happens? Does he get some extra caffeine? How does God get refreshed? And whenever you look up this word, he was refreshed in the original language in the passage. It is Hebrew. The word refreshed actually means he took breath. And in other words, God on the seventh day breathed in. He inhaled. Why? Because God, what had God been doing for six days? For six days, God had been creating how does our God create? He speaks things. From the very beginning, he was speaking. In Genesis chapter 1, was it? Let there be light, and there was light. As soon as he said those words, guess what? The calendar, or the weekly uh, calendar started to appear. For six days, he is creating things. He's creating water. He's, cre he's, he's separating the waves and the air. He's, he's creating wind. He's creating animals. He's creating all of these things. And what happens whenever he speaks, you've got to Breathe. You are breathing as you speak. He created Adam. And what did he do? The word says that he breathed life into him. And then he saw that he needed a helpmate. So he created Eve. He took a rib, which is the breath, air, and he created Eve. For six days, he had been literally breathing out. But on the seventh day, God breathed in. How many of you by the end of the week it feels that you are out of breath because all week long you've been breathing into your kids. You've been breathing into your business. You've been breathing into your job. You've been breathing into your sports team. You've been breathing into social media. You've been breathing into emails. And by the time it's all over, I just need a breath. I'm out of breath. And God right here sets a great example. For six days he was working. Do you realize that in biblical times, this 40 hour a week thing, this 30 hour a week thing, this part time thing is all an American thing. It's all American. But in biblical times, they would work at least 72 hours a week. They would literally work six days a week as soon as the sun appeared and as soon as the sun set, they were in the fields. Then they would literally go home and eat and then go to bed. That was their day. They literally worked around they, uh, th th from sun up to sundown and then they would sleep. That was it for six days. But on the seventh, God, God was speaking and breathing. But on the seventh, God breathed in. Can you see what God is trying to do with this example? that he's trying to set for you and for your family. Can you see the importance of you and your family learning how to Sabbath? Because all week long you've been breathing out and God wants you to stop just a moment and breathe in his goodness and breathe in his spirit and breathe in his joy and breathe in his grace and breathe in his mercy and breathe in his peace because all week long you've been breathing out fear. You've been breathing out all anxiety, but just for a moment get in his presence and breathe in his goodness. That's the importance of the Sabbath. On the seventh day, he was breathing in. Sundays, the Sabbath, a day to come together with believers and be refreshed or just to breathe in. There are blessings that are waiting to be released when you learn the principle of Sabbath. When you fully grasp the 
that he has made you to lie down at times, when you fully grasp that he has pastures for you, when you fully understand that you need to be beside still waters some days in your week, you will understand that blessings are waiting for you. Mark chapter 2, you can jot this down, verse 23. Mark chapter 2, here is Jesus and his disciples. In chapter 2, verse 23, it says, Now it happened that he, Jesus, went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of the grain. This was illegal. The religious people did not like it. And the Pharisees just happened to be there. And the Pharisees are trying to make sure everything is fair, you see. That's supposed to be a joke. This third service just laugh with me, okay? The Pharisees, they, they, they walk around with their religious checklist and Ladies, you can't wear the pants, and there's too much makeup, and they're making sure they've got all of these man-made rules, and they're trying to be sure that everybody's being religious, that everybody looks the part, that everybody's acting the part, and the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? But Jesus said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the high priest, and also gave some of, uh, some of those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man. Hmm. Not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. Why am I reading this to you today? Is so that you can see that, 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 that the Sabbath is not, is, 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 not, is not about legalities. Whenever you come in here, you should not come in here because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep the image. No, but this is a command for you that God has given to you because he understands the necessity of it in your life. He said, I made a day out of the week with you in mind. Uh, I, I've, I've made a green pasture just for you. We could have a six-day week if God wanted it. But the calendar originated with God. He said, no, I want seven. So seven it is. Seven days because that is the way God created earth to flow. It's the way he wanted for life. We could work for six days, sun up, sun down, and start over. Six days of work, start over. Six days, no, no, but God could see the future, which is now our history. God could see something that was ahead that said, those people are going to need a day of rest. Now we're looking back as history, but God was looking forward and said, those people are going to need some rest. He could look all the way up to Adam and Eve. He could see ahead and see the Israelites and thought, no, 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 they need a day of rest. He could look ahead into even, even into American history, into the 17th mid-1770s when the Revolutionary War was happening and those people would stop fighting on the Sabbath. Why? Because he knew that they would need some rest. He could look, if he wanted, he could have six days a week, but he looked, he could look all the way ahead to the future, which is now our present. 
in the year 2020 and knew that life would be crazy and that our people right now more than ever needed to gather together and exercise their freedom, amen, and get together and call on the name of the Lord. Why? Because he knew that we needed a moment in the middle of this craziness just to get together with like-minded people and just breathe in the goodness of God because we've been breathing in toxicity all week long from the media. He knew we just needed to get together and just breathe in some of his goodness. Amen. He knew that we were going to need that. God created this Sabbath for you. You thought the Sabbath was for him. The words that he created it for you. Wow. The Sabbath is a gift. It is a blessing to you. If it is such a gift, the question that I have for you is, so why has America forsaken this gift? Why has America forsaken this gift? Why? Why has America stopped Sabbathing? Why has America stopped resting, meeting together, getting together and breathing in? Band, help me out. Why? Why? Let me give you let me give you the answer. It's nothing deep. It's nothing. You don't need a revelation for it. You don't need a degree for it. Why is this command the one that we want to forget? We all agree. You better not lie. How many times have you said, I can't stand a liar? Everybody hates a liar. You better not, you better not steal because everybody hates a thief. We all agree with that. We all agree that when you get mad, don't murder somebody. We all agree with that. But why has our nation forsaken the Sabbath? Why is this the one that we put on the side? Why is this so hard to keep? And as I said, it's not a deep revelation. But if you can see anything in the Spirit, you understand that because in this day, in this hour, in this tension that we are in as a nation, the devil wants nothing more than a tired and weary church that has no strength that has no power, that has lost their vision, and they are simply too exhausted to fight this battle. The devil wants the church weary when it comes election time. The devil wants the church weary when it comes time to fight for biblical commandments. Listen, the devil wants the church 
weary and no fire and no passion when it comes time to stand against things of this world. He wants the church so tired and exhausted that we cannot even stand up and declare that the Lord is my shepherd. Wow. Why do you need green pastures to lie down in? Why do you need to be in the presence of God? Why do you need at least, he says, look, I'm just asking for once a week. He says, the other six days, you can do it all. Answer all the emails, do, get all your clients, do the editing, hit send. You can watch this, you can go to Walmart. If you want to die young, you can do all of these things for six days of the week. He said, but on the seventh, one day a week, I just want you. One day a week. Why should one day a week, should we, should we take a time just to breathe him in? Why? So on Monday, you are prepared to fight that week's demons. Amen. So on Tuesday, you don't lose your mind. So on Wednesday, you don't quit on your marriage. So on Thursday, you don't slip back into depression. And on Friday, whenever your coworkers are sliding their way out of the office and they're like, what? Well, how did you make it? You can stand up in front of them and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I took some time just to breathe in. Would you get up on your feet with me today? And you can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, but he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He makes moments for me just to breathe in some more anointing just to make it through Monday. He provides opportunities for me just to breathe in some of his spirit so I can make it all throughout the week. Whatever you do in this season, in this hour, do not let the devil steal your Sabbath. Why? Because we just need the Lord today. Come on, would you just... Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. For more information, visit LegacyChurchRome.org.